Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Lara May, a clinical pharmacist specializing in functional medicine, as well as a certified yoga teacher and Reiki master. I run a truly integrative health coaching practice, encompassing functional medicine lab testing, yoga and meditation, and a sprinkling of Reiki energy medicine. Join me here on Light Body Radio to break through your health plateau and come into alignment with your natural vitality. Hello and welcome to Light Body Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lara May, and today we have with us Cynthia Brace. She is a whole health and lifestyle coach for motivated people. Through her share of frustrating health challenges, she became a registered holistic nutritionist and author of Redesign Your Interior, Eight Steps to Reclaiming Your Health and Creating a Balanced Life. She believes that focusing on your lifestyle is your hidden superpower to be healthier and happier and no diet required. When you have help and a clear path, getting and staying healthy can be exciting and a fun journey. She works with clients one-on-one and through other offerings. And when she's not transforming lifestyles, she's got her nose stuck in a book reading out on a hike or learning Spanish. I love that. (laughs) Spanish is still one of my goals too. (laughs) How are you? Welcome. (laughs) I'm great. Thank you, Laura. It's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. So let's get started by just telling us how you came to be doing what you're doing today and, and why. Oh, yes, definitely. Always a valid question. (laughs) So I uh, once had a doctor tell me that she couldn't help me, which was absolutely true. Um, But it certainly didn't help me at the time. Obviously, if you're going to the doctor, you're going there for a reason. So, uh, you know, leaving an appointment where you're directionless and you're not sure what to do um, can be a little bit frustrating and challenging. So uh, I'm the type of person, I'm a little bit of a bookworm, as you, as the intro says, bit of a nerd. So I decided to go on a journey myself. So I started to read, obviously, everything I could, health and wellness, mindset related. I took classes at the naturopathic college. I took Reiki. I took reflexology and uh, changed my life, changed my lifestyle. And by the time I got into training to be a holistic nutritionist, um, the symptoms I went to the doctor for, the thing that she couldn't help me with, which was hypoglycemia, uh, not fun to have symptoms like that all the time, certain dizziness you don't want. Uh, But by the time I got into uh, training to be a holistic nutritionist, those symptoms were pretty much non-existent. Uh, as were my asthma and allergies, which I had, you know, for many years, I would actually, I had actually been hospitalized for asthma before and to not be, you know, on medications for those, you know, at a certain point was life transforming for me. And that's why I continued my journey because I had a different career at the time I was doing all this stuff. And, and that's why I changed careers to become a whole health and lifestyle coach, because I saw in myself what lifestyle uh, and mindset can do to change your life, change your health, change your wellness. And, you know, myself and and clients, you know, I see the difference and it 
that's what that's my passion that's that's why i do what i do yeah i think so we spend lots and lots of time just in our culture in general talking about food good food bad food you know healthy food inflammatory food all the you know, different things and food is a integral ingredient no pun intended to the <laughs> the equation um of health and wellness that's what our most of our main goal is like the reason we do anything is because we want to feel better um yeah. while doing it as abraham hicks likes to say so um so yeah, I think one of the things that's harder than actually changing food and changing food can be really hard for a lot of people, especially specific foods. Like in general, it might be easy to quote, eat cleaner. But if we get down to the nitty gritty ingredients, like in my practice, I do food sensitivity testing. So mm -hmm. when I show someone that that test result and it says, you know, no more dairy, um, I've had people on the verge of tears and I can't blame them because when I figured out that for myself too, I was like, no, I love cheese. What am I going to do without cheese? I would feel better actually. So, But it's the yeah. lifestyle piece is my long winded way of saying <laughs> that the lifestyle I think um, is actually probably more challenging in some ways than the food. Because it's something I think that until we really start to evaluate with intention and consciousness, mm -hmm. we're really unaware of what does that even mean for us? What is our what is our lifestyle? You know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I have clients who come to me with those food sensitivity tests and say, I don't know what to eat. Help me. Um, so I can totally relate to that. And I absolutely it is a challenge. And that's where that's where we kind of start with mindset and that's why you know we're talking about your mind is the most powerful tool for your health because you have to start somewhere right lifestyle includes so many different things what you're eating you know are you exercising how are you bringing joy to your life how are you managing stress and your mindset so it includes all of these things and i think people forget about that what am I thinking? What am I, what's going on in my head portion? And that's kind of where we run into challenges. So I, I like to define what kind of mindset is. I like to, you know, look it up. So I, mindset is a set of beliefs that shape how you make sense of the world and yourself. Right? So that's pretty powerful. So it's a set of beliefs that shape how you make sense of the world and yourself as right so it's an established set of attitudes mm -hmm. and your mindset influences how you think feel and behave in any given situation right mm -hmm. so making your mindset and what you're thinking and believing a part of the process and making changes is is definitely a really big part of the equation yeah and i think that it's so much easier when we bring again deliberate intention to shifting the mindset or at least be aware because people maybe don't realize that when they're deciding to make changes in other ways they are affecting their mindset otherwise they wouldn't be saying yes i want to change because in order for us to be willing to change we have to also be willing to see things as they are and say "Ooh, 
I want to augment that in some way, shape or form, um, which is a part of mindset. But a lot of times, especially, you know, several years ago, we wouldn't even bring that into the subject. We would just say, stop eating sugar. It's your willpower. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, (laughs) I mean, yeah, willpower is a tricky one. I mean, you certainly don't want to rely on that all the time because it's like a muscle and it's going to get tired. Right. So it's not something that you want to use all the time. No. And I think what's actually empowering is if we dig into mindset more and realize that we don't need willpower because willpower is, it's a combination of hormones, thoughts, you know, environment and that monkey monkey mind, which is not the one that we're in the most control of. And so that's why people, I think, get stuck in that willpower battle um, because they aren't necessarily to the point where they're aware of those thoughts. So from mindset, let's you want to talk about thoughts? Oh, definitely. I've I've got. Yes. (laughs) So. When we're talking about mindset, I mean, this is one of the first things that I I talk about with clients, because again, it's a big portion of the puzzle. So people will come to me and we'll talk about kind of their goals and what they're, you know, what they want. And, you know, as an example, a client will come and say, you know, well, they they don't actually come out and say it, but we, we get it down to the point that they've been constipated for a lot of their life. Right. So if that, you know, that's a challenge with this client. And one of the first questions I ask them is, do you believe bone deep that it is possible to not be constipated? And pretty much all of the time in the beginning, when we have this conversation, they'll say, no, I don't believe it to that extent. I don't know that it's possible. So it's now becoming aware of their thoughts. So like, hey, I didn't even realize I thought that. I'm trying to change this, but I didn't realize that I didn't believe that it wasn't possible, right? So now we're becoming aware that, hey, okay, this is this is something that I know now. And so we start from where they are. We'll start with, okay, this is excellent. This is great. Don't be upset about this. Let's start from where you are. Do you believe that it might be possible? That it's a glimmer of hope that it might be possible that, you know, down the road, you might not be constipated. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I can get on board with that. Perfect. Let's start there. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you don't want to lie to yourself because, you you know, you know, your body knows, you know, OK, I don't believe I'm going to say it, but I don't believe it. We want to start where you are right? So mindset is, comes from beliefs. We just talked about it shapes you. So, right. So where do these beliefs come from? Right. That's where, you know, a lot of the beliefs come from other people, right? When you're a small person, when you're a child, you're with your family and, you know, their beliefs and their values are around you, whatever, you know, that means to you, your family comes from friends, comes from society, and it comes from your experiences right? Like the constipation one. So it's like somebody's put, you know, it's like you and yourself and your things around you have put these little sticky notes all over you, right? (laughs) These little Mm -hmm. belief sticky notes. And sometimes you're not even aware that they're there. 
right? So you're covered in these little belief sticky notes. And when you like pluck one off and look at it, like, hey, I didn't realize I didn't believe that I couldn't be constipated. This is this was a belief of mine. So you you pluck it off and you look at it. And that's how you start to make those changes. That is becoming aware, as you said, aware of your thoughts, your feelings, your beliefs. Because once you become aware, then you have, then you can choose to change them, right? That's the first step. Because mm -hmm. if you're not aware, you you don't, you, you can't make a different choice. You can't walk down a different path, right? right? And so you can choose to believe something else. And then through experience, again, with the constipation thing, you walk down a path, somebody helping you and things slightly change. And then you could get to the point with, hey, hey, you know what? I actually do believe that this is possible based on experience of what's happening. Right? Right. Yeah. I love that. Um, you know, um, another way we could say it is beliefs are the thoughts that we just keep on thinking. And mm -hmm. again, we have a choice about that. So, um, but we have to even like get to the point of asking ourselves, like, like you said, what do I believe? Is it true for me? Or is it something that I have absorbed and taken on from all the different places, people, experiences? And then well, what will it look like when I choose my own thought and my own belief? And what what is that? You know, yeah. um, I think it's a fun process. It's a creative process. It's one that gives yourself permission to imagine um, but I, you know, it's, we're not all raised that way. And like, so it can be quite, um, a process for, for many people to even just like wrap our head around the concept of, I can change my beliefs. Really? <laughs> it's actually quite a scary thing. I mean, yeah, like, I'm talking about scary. hugely scary. I'm talking about, you know, one, you know, health challenge that somebody can have, but if, if you've had a certain health challenge and we'll use the same one if you've had you know this health challenge for most of your life that's how people interact with you that's how you interact with people if you now change that because it's your story because it's a part of who you are that is extremely scary for people because if I don't have this, how do not I now interact with people? How are they going to interact with me? Mm -hmm. So it can be an extremely scary thing to, to even want to get better for some people. Right. Cause it's, right. it's a, it's a light, it could be a life changing event and they, they don't know the outcome. So it's, it's scary. Yeah, and our brains are um, engineered to keep us the same and in the same place because even though where we might be currently might not be a good place for us, whether that's emotionally, physically, spiritually, or all three, um, the brain, you know, over time has evolved to say, okay, well, staying the same is the safest thing possible. So it's that the lizard brain that comes mm -hmm. back in and says, no. You know, staying the same means, like you said, it's how you interact. It's your tribe. It's social acceptance in some way, whatever yeah. you've, however you've engineered it for yourself. And so all that unknown 
really throws that lizard brain off and says like, no, no, don't do it. Even though you'll feel better and be happier, don't do it. Yeah, (laughs) that's absolutely true. Your brain is set up that way. It doesn't know how amazing it will be when, you know, if you change things and yeah, no matter what you do, your brain, like you, it wants to keep you the same because it's afraid of anything else. So that's definitely another part of it is listening to what this other, what your brain is saying to you. This, this, this self-talk inside your head is looking at it. I, you know, I say to people, they're like, what, what is the inside voice saying to you? Do you believe it? Because your inside voice is telling you lies. It tells you lies all of the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? A lot of people look in the mirror and this inside voice is not saying very nice things to them, right? Mm-hmm. So I say to people, like, if your inside brain is saying things like that, think of it this way. If this inside brain is saying really mean things to you, would you, is that, are, are those things that you would say to your best friend? Would you say those things to your best friend? No, of course you wouldn't. You would be supportive. You would be loving. You would do anything in your power to help your best friend, your family, whatever, right? So why are you accepting these things that are coming from yourself? Why are you listening to this, right? You're, you're, these and allowing mean, them to perpetuate. Right. Yeah. So think of we would eventually be like you can't talk to me that way (laughs) that's right you wouldn't have a best friend anymore if you were talking to your best friend like that so why are you doing that to yourself so it's it's really looking at those those thoughts and feelings and say you know what do i do i actually believe what they're saying what this so i i say to try and like pull this voice out of your head and try and imagine it as uh somebody as yourself in different age groups, depending on what this voice is saying. It could be, you know, you're a little toddler and saying, I want that. It could be a mean teenager saying, you don't look good or whatever. It could, you know, so look Mm -hmm. at it that way and try and have a conversation with this voice. And it's more of being, come at it with love. That is very important. Come at the voice with love because that's what it's looking for love and acceptance and it doesn't want to be afraid Mm -hmm. right so love access acceptance and don't it's okay we got this right and seeing it as something a little bit separate from you kind of helps to have those into like how would you talk to a toddler how would you talk to that teenager in a loving way that's how you talk to your that inner voice to kind of change those beliefs about, you know, what's happening inside about yourself. And I love to talk about Dr. Emoto did this water study. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, look it up, everybody. It's absolutely amazing. We're made up of almost like 70% water. And he did this study of, you know, he put bad feelings on the water and looked at it under a microscope, good feelings, looked at it under a microscope. And obviously the bad ones didn't look so good and the good ones looked like beautiful snowflakes. So our thoughts and our feelings affect us physiologically. They affect our bodies. So Mm -hmm. we want to look at those thoughts and feelings. Yeah. And you haven't put it in this way, but I think 
what I'm hearing that will also be a happy end result of this is that it's a practice in uh, cultivating self-love, mm-hmm. which is exactly you know right. so important. So important. It's exactly right. Because I'm a believer that when every decision we make is a reflection of how where we are in the self-love spectrum. And so again, when people have challenges keeping consistent with a certain choice of change that they want to make. I my first question is, well, what is what is it that's so why? Why is it hard for you? What are you thinking about it that's making it hard? And what if I asked you if you loved yourself enough to keep saying yes to yourself? What would that look like? What do you think when I say that? Like, you know, because yeah. for a lot of people that's that's like such a foreign concept. Like, what do you mean? You know, if I love myself or not, then I will or won't won't do it. It's like, well, if you said your problem was hypoglycemia, which is low blood sugar. Yeah. I work with a lot of diabetic patients and one of the big struggles is too much sugar. But yeah. there's a whole addiction pathway in that. So we won't go there. Mm-hmm. But just from the self-love aspect is if I told you you know, that you would, you know, go into kidney failure, struggle with blindness, possibly have something amputated and chronic infection. Those are all the scary things. But can we say that you love yourself enough because you love your body and your inner self to stop and say no, and at least start to pause more? You might not be 100% all the time, but that creates that pause. So if you at least start asking yourself, when you're in the process of, then eventually I believe that you get to the point of the change. So again, like this isn't instantaneous. (laughs) It's a process. (laughs) Absolutely not. I mean, all of the inner work, all of the mindset work, it is, you don't snap your fingers. You don't have one conversation with your inner voice and it's all good. It's, it is definitely a process and it does start with that awareness daily awareness like as you say you're diabetic uh people it's like oh i'm about to do this again because it's my habit because i have this craving because i hold on i'm gonna stop because now i'm aware of it and i'm Mm -hmm. going to now make a conscious choice whether it's yes or no at least it's a conscious choice instead of an unconscious one and and that's where that's where it gets exciting because once you're aware, then you can kind of make this choice. You can actually have the conversation in your head. Am I making this choice and am I not? And it's not to, again, feel bad about yourself or anything. It's more of just, oh, this is very interesting that this is happening. Right. right. That's the awareness part. It's don't be mean about it in to yourself. It's more of interesting. Come at it with an inquisitive way and you know then you can kind of move forward and okay this is interesting how do i now change this right yeah well even the process of beating up on ourselves is something we learned along the way that's not a natural inclination i don't think i don't know if that's actually been studied but i'm (laughs) gonna go out on a limb and say the process of beating up on ourselves for something is something we learn either you know, we see others do it or it has our, it has been done to us. And so then we just repeat it um, because we think that's the, how it's supposed to unfold or, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So, 
Um, do you have like a daily approach or like a daily exercise to help start shifting this or um, cultivating this awareness? There's a lot of different tools that you can do. Again, it's it's starting to become aware. So you can do that by doing like, I know meditation is a hard one for a lot of people, but I will bring it up because it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to go to a mountaintop. It doesn't have to be this big thing. You know, you can do it for five minutes and there are free apps that you can do it with. And they, they even have guided ones on intention. Mm -hmm. So like, what is my intention? It's my intention to be nice to myself. It's, you know, my intention to be aware of my thoughts. It's my intention to, you know, think of my beliefs. Um, it's <laughs> using your mind uh, to be happier, to do things that you enjoy. So, you know, self-love and self-care are, you know, not putting yourself last, which so many people do, you know, <laughs> that happens mm -hmm. to all of us, uh, you know, who are nurturers. It's you have to consciously say, you know what, uh, my health is important. And if I choose to focus on my health, then I'm available and m m I can be more for everyone else for my family and at work, it can be more, you know, focused and aware and happy, right? So focusing on yourself is not selfish. Obviously, we're not going to drop everything to do that. <laughs> That's not the point. No, but yeah, you're right. It's about, again, like making choices that while from some part of our society might be labeled selfish, Mm -hmm. Most of us go through this life so overstretched, overdrawn energetically and physically, and we are resentful and angry. And again, most of us don't realize it until at some point, you know, we we have maybe a family dynamic is deteriorating or a relationship or even a job. And or maybe a friend is kind enough to say, you know, I've noticed that you're angrier on more days than you're not. And why is that? It's because we're not paying ourselves any attention or enough attention. So I think, you know, making those choices for ourselves is an act of service. Yeah, it's an absolutely. act of service for all of those around us and the world. So, um, you know. There's a difference between <laughs> making those healthy choices for ourselves and, you know, being a narcissist. <laughs> Absolutely. And it, not only does it affect all of those things, it can eventually affect our health mm -hmm. because oh, you're constantly, yeah. you're angry and you're stressed and you're not taking care of yourself. And that's where you start to run into problems, mm -hmm. uh, you know, other than people noticing that you're not a happy person. Right. So it's, it's finding Hmm. I'll, ch I'll change that word. It's making the time <laughs> for yourself because you do have time. Mm -hmm. Everyone has time. It's a choice. Your schedule is entirely up to you. Yes. If you have kids and like, I'm not, I'm not saying that you're dropping all of that stuff, but everyone can find some time for their health and wellness. Cause it is the most important thing. If you don't have that, right. What do you yeah. have? And I would say even for those busy moms out there that that don't that feel pulled in a million directions and maybe feel like they don't have enough support, 
that's where I would, my first challenge for you would be is find some support, whether it's, you know, um, an older kid in the neighborhood that can watch your kids while you go to the gym or go for a walk or have a little bit of alone time, you know, whether it's a family member or a friend or, um, you know, an after school program, there's a million creative ways to help yourself feel supported that will carve out some time that will become so valuable for you. And again, your family will appreciate you for it. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be a big, huge thing. I guess, like, as you say, for a busy mom, getting enough time to sleep, you Mm -hmm. know, having someone, having that support system is probably the most important thing that they can do for their health. Right. Other than, you know, drinking some water, you know, I have clients who are like, why am I doing all this for my kid? And I forget to drink water myself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. So it's, you know, what are you doing for your little one? And, you know, oh, I'll have a piece of fruit as with you. Make it, you know, right. Mm -hmm. And having that downtime, everybody needs it. Especially, you know, parents with little kids. That's hardest job ever. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. So what else? What, how, so, um, let's see. Our mindset is our most important tool for health. I think we should just reiterate that and let that sink in for people. Um, there's lots of things that are, are important, but the most important and the one we have the most power over is our mindset. So let that sink in people. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, becoming aware of what your beliefs are, you know, looking at them when they come up, you're like, oh, I didn't realize that. What is that belief? Let me look at that. So becoming aware of that, you know, becoming aware of this inner voice in your head, listening to it and saying, hold on a second. Do I believe that? Wait a minute. (laughs) And then, you know, talking to yourself like you would your best friend and then reframing reframing that on unhelpful stuff that unhelpful gunk and you know even watching the words that you're saying because sometimes we say the same things over and over again we're not even aware that we're saying it I Mm -hmm. this happens a lot I'm like did did you notice that you're saying this all the time no really I said that again really because then our subconscious of that voice in our head starts to believe those things I'm not good at that I'm really not good at that is that really true Mm-hmm. Or maybe you could be if you wanted to be. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So there's your mindset. You you could be, right? It's it's really looking at that stuff and and reframing it. Yeah. And I, and and making a different choice. Yeah. And then allowing yourself the question of, well, what would it look like if I were good at it? What would that look like? Yeah. What would that feel like? Oh, okay. So then it's maybe starts to become, like you said earlier, possible. Maybe it's not 100% real yet, but it's possible. And the universe wants to help you. So if we go a little woo woo here, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, the law of attraction is, you know, it will, once you open yourself to that, to that possibility, then the universe will start bringing you evidence because that's your new vibration. And so it will match that vibration. So, and then the more we believe, the more evidence we get. So that goes, 
both in the positive way and the not so positive way. So remember that too. Like if, if you're in, if your world right now is like, well, I have evidence that blah, blah, blah is, you know, is the truth for me, even though I don't like it, then, then that's where we need to start. Like you said, we start where you are. And we just start saying, well, but is that what you want to believe? Is that how you want it to look? Is that how you want it to feel? If not, give yourself a moment. That five minutes of meditation could be the imagining of the best possible case scenario for whatever situation you're in. And just that little bit of time will open up the universe to start bringing you more evidence of your happy end result versus your not so happy current reality. Oh, I love that you brought that up. I didn't know how woo-woo you wanted to go. <laughs> I'm all into the woo. And it is one of the one of the first things that I do with clients. I send them a personal catalyst challenge. And it is, mm. where are you today? And if you don't make any changes, what would stay the same? Mm-hmm. And let's meet yourself a year from now with all of these things. Like, who do you want to be? How do you want to feel? All of your goals. And write it like a story. Like, and don't worry about how you're going to get there. That's not the point. It's more of creating this vision. And it can be so exciting. And it should be exciting. You should get tinglys. You should get goosebumps. Like, oh, yeah, I totally want to go there. I totally want to be this person. Right? And there's your vision. That's what you can meditate on. Because then again, the universe will bring you people and tools and ways to help you get there. And I will say too, that if you use meditation in that way, it's, and I use it in this way often, it Mm -hmm. actually, I look forward to that meditation because I'm basking in the possibility of all the amazing things. And again, even though if they're not my reality right now, I don't care because this is my time to bask and imagine and daydream. And when I'm done, I feel so good. And I'm more motivated to make whatever changes or like take that next step towards whatever goal I'm working on or project um, that Mm -hmm. I know is going to take me to the next level. So it's really a fun way, I think, to approach meditation too, that it doesn't probably get enough playtime. Uh, And that's why that's exactly why I do it with them, because it does give them that feeling of, yes, I want to get there. So when we're doing those little baby steps to get. And that's where you want to be, you want to be excited to do it. And when you imagine those things, your body doesn't know the difference. Right. So Mm -hmm. you, you can have physiological effects being in that vision that it is real because your brain can't tell the difference. (laughs) Right. And this is, again, scientifically proven, y'all. So it might sound like we're still on the the woo-woo end, but there are lots of um, studies and evidence now for what we call woo-woo is actually um, confirmed by real scientific evidence-based research. Um, Dr. Joe Dispenza probably is one of the most well-known and consistent with this type of research. But so, and he um, studies the brain, brain waves, our neurological system. And so he, if you're looking for this evidence that we speak of, um, look no further than his work because 
he has been able to show and prove that what you just said, that our brain can't tell the difference of when we're meditating, we're imagining, we are because it activates those same areas of the brain. It activates that same chemical production. So the endorphins, the, the good neurotransmitters. And again, here comes back the woo-woo, that law of attraction, because the more we're in that state, the more not only like the that the universe will bring us something to match that, but our brains will get used to being in that state too. So it's our body has lovely, wonderful, positive feedback mechanisms. So positive feedback is when you are sort of like building momentum with a chemical or a reaction in the body and it just keeps going. Birth is actually one of the best known positive feedback loops in the body. We have a lot of negative ones where we build up a certain amount of hormone or chemical and then the body comes in and says, nope, that's enough. We're going to put you back over here. So like our um, our thyroid um, cycle, for example, that that hormone cycle is a considered a negative feedback and not because something negative is happening, but because you get to a point and your body cuts it off. So um, I don't know, maybe too much yeah. science there, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we can also use, I mean, we've, we've gone the positive way. We can also use um, stress as an example, right? Your body not knowing the difference. So when you're, when you're having a stress response and you're sitting in the office at work, you know, stress, the fight or flight syndrome, the fight or flight is, is meant to be, if you have, you know, if a tiger is in front of you and you need to fight or run away or hide, that's what it's for. So it does all of these things in your body to make sure that you're able to do that. And if you so you're if you're sitting in the office and you're completely stressed out, your body is still going through all of those things as if you were in physical harm, as if you were, you know, about to be physically harmed. So that's that's a perfect example of your body not being able to tell the difference. Well, and yeah, let's just give it a little bit more context too, because I think people have a hard times really quantifying stress. So if yeah. let, let's use that example, you're sitting in at your desk or in your cubicle at work, you're stressed out. If you have a heart rate monitor on, I yes. will, I will bet you dollars, lots of them <laughs> that your heart rate is elevated above where it should be. That and your, your blood, digestion shuts down. Yeah. Your blood pressure is <laughs> elevated. And yep. then, you know, you go to the doctor and like a month, a year, whatever, and your doctor's like, oh, you have elevated blood pressure and you're completely caught off guard. And it's because <laughs> you're living at this state of stress yes. that you don't Chronic. even recognize. And so mm -hmm. that's sort of that, how that translates to real life health consequences. Absolutely. Yeah. Like when you're in the chronic stress response, again, you're not digesting your food, your, your heart rate's elevated, your chest breathing, your hormones are all over the place. Like it causes a lot of things. But again, it's meant for you to fight or flee or hide. <laughs> and if you're not, so all of these hormones are going in your body. And you, if you don't expend the energy that it's sent to your muscles, then that's where kind of the physiological effects can happen, that the health challenges can happen. So again, your brain can't tell the difference. It doesn't know that, you know, there's not a tiger in front of it. It just like, oh, this is stress. This is what I'm going to do inside your body, right? So being able to pause and take a breath and say, oh, okay, this is stressful. 
how am I going to get out of the stress response right now? Because I'm not going to get up and run around the block so that can, you know, I can expend this energy because I don't, you know, I can't do that right now. You know, I'm in a stress response. I need to get out of it. So, you know, we do a couple of deep breaths. We can pause for a minute, close your eyes for a minute, like go outside for a minute, right? It's, it's becoming aware again. I am now in the stress response. I'm aware of this and I don't want to be. How do I come out of it? Mm -hmm. Right? Because again, <laughs> and once you come out, your brain's like, awesome. This is great. This is so much better. I'm not, you know, my shoulders aren't clenched and I'm breathing properly. And because a lot of people eat when they're stressed out, they're shoveling it in and going as fast as they can. And I was like, hold on a second. You're, what you just put in there is not going to get, you're not going to get the nutrients out. No, because you got dopamine, go right but you didn't get nutrients. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, again, fight or flight, we have epinephrine, norepinephrine, and a little bit of dopamine. Uh, dopamine's the feel-good chemical of the brain. Uh, norepi and epi are the stress response. Yeah. And they naturally raise our heart rate and blood pressure. So this is something that are, you know, again. And then I think it's also important to just state that our brain is an organ inside of our body, but is not where our consciousness lives. Right. And so our consciousness yeah. is that ability we have as humans to make an intentional deliberate decision. So our brain, like you said, is just responding to the epi, norepi, and the dopamine. But then when you're shoveling the food in, even if you're doing it unconsciously, you're doing that because you know unconsciously that you will get dopamine from that and you will feel better. So this, again, it's you're responding to the chemicals in your brain, whether you realize it or not, but you have this amazing thing called consciousness because you're a human and not, you know, a, a different kind of ape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so use that to your advantage and, you know, at least give yourself, start with the pause. Like we said yeah. before, start yeah. with the, the awareness and try, try, try to stop judging yourself and beating up on yourself. Yeah. Just celebrate when you find yourself in the pause, give yourself props for that. And then the next time, hopefully you find yourself in the pause and then you make a different choice or you stop what you're doing um, yeah. and you progress from there. Yeah. With gentleness. Again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know what? You're an amazing person. Everyone listening, you are absolutely amazing. Just know that. And as you say, give yourself love. Like, hey, I was able to become aware of that. I'm an, I'm a rock star. I'm amazing. Right? Because again, that changes your energetic frequency. As you say, the more you turn to positive things, the more you're thinking positive thoughts, you're changing your energetic frequency and you're happier when you do that as you yeah. move up that scale. So yeah, becoming aware and, and just giving yourself that, those, those happy feelings, giving yourself grace. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, one of the tools that I really like a lot and I use with my clients is the thought download. And again, just taking five, maybe even 10 minutes to do, write down everything that's in your brain. 
And wow, can you really yeah. get an intimate look at what is running through that head of yours? <laughs> if oh, you just, amazing. yeah. And but then I love it because it's on paper. I can see it, and then we can go through and say, "Is that a is that a belief or a thought I want to continue yeah. to think? Is this true for me?" Okay, great. If it's not great, let's just go ahead and cross it off and throw you like, you know, say bye bye to that one. Um, if it's something that like you said, you started with the example of constipation. Um, is it something that you don't quite believe yet, but you want to see change in that? Great. Let's start there. What will that look like? Let's, you know, start fleshing that process out. Yeah. Um, That's a yeah. great way to get those sticky notes off of you get them all off and get them on paper and start becoming aware of them so that you're able to reframe them. That's mm -hmm. journaling, right? That's a great yeah. way. You know, a lot of my clients do that. And so what came up with your journaling? Oh my goodness. You wouldn't believe this came out and this came out. And then we, you know, having those conversations and making those reframes, it's like, where did that come from? That's yeah. where the change happens. Like I focus on lifestyle, healthy lifestyle, you know, all of it. But without that component of mindset change, it can get really hard because you fall back on those old beliefs. And that's why it's like the most powerful tool that you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, a huge lifestyle component is sleep. Yeah. And there's, I mean, so much of our routine even like the three hours leading up to sleep that can affect it. But again, if we're going through life on autopilot, then we don't even think to think about it. We're, <laughs> Absolutely. You, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we're like, and you know, like, what's the big deal with me having, you know, my phone right next to my head yeah, on the nightstand? Right. <laughs> or what's the big deal with me watching lots of TV right before I go to bed with all that blue light? Yeah. Or, you know, all the things, the temperature, the, and and yeah. clients sometimes it's like you know it's a question i obviously ask and it's like what time do you go to bed oh 11 12 between 11 and, and 1. why i don't know that's what i always do why i actually don't know <laughs> right it's just something oh okay this is just something i do now i'm aware of what so it, that's something i can change if i want to Mm -hmm. Right. I can go to bed earlier because then I can have a more quality sleep and then I'm better the next day. Right. So, you know, talking about how to kind of back up that, you know, slowly over time. But a lot of the time it's like, oh, I'm not I'm not even sure why. It's just, you know, just yeah. just what I do. Right. A awareness is. Yeah. Or right. how we identify as a morning person or a or a night person. Exactly. And I can tell you for the longest time, I was not a morning person. Um, and I worked graveyards for almost a decade. So wow. those two things just reinforced that whole mantra. <laughs> yeah. But eventually I got off the graveyard and I needed to become a morning person. And I didn't want to hate life and be miserable every morning just because of what time of the day it was. That seems silly. So yeah. I decided to change that. So I started getting intentional with what time I wanted to wake up in order to do my meditation and work out before work. Okay. Works up backwards. What time does that mean? I need to go to bed. Okay. You know, just like in some ways Absolutely. you have to maybe plan backwards, but the Absolutely. ultimate 
result is how do I want to feel in the morning when I wake up? That yeah. was what I was planning for. Absolutely. And then, but you had this story that I'm a night person because of this, right? So, and that's what a lot of people have is they have these stories in their head of this is because I'm this way because this is, and again, it comes from, you know, your life experiences, your life from when you were born until you, till today, you know, if you have had allergies your whole life, that's a part of your story. But if it's something that you want to change, like, like you did, then you look at it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've had allergies for most of my life. It doesn't have to be a part of my story. I can make a choice because now I'm aware of it. I can make a choice to find people to help me, the tools to help me to change this and be the best that I can be with regards to this challenge or this thing I want to change, right? It might not be perfect, right? But at least you can move in the direction of where you want to go because now you're aware. Oh, hey, wait a minute. This is something I do want to change, right? It's like sleeping. Yeah. I do want to go to bed earlier. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm aware of it. How do I do it? Do I get help? Back up. Know what time I want to go to bed, right? So again, it's this awareness like, wow, I, I don't want to be on autopilot anymore, right? <laughs> As you said, most of us walk through life on autopilot. It's day after day and it's pretty much the same thing. Our subconscious is in control. And because our conscious, our conscious mind, it's, it's a lot of work for it to be like awake all the time. So that's why we have unconscious processes like brushing our teeth and taking a shower. Like we've done those things a million times. We don't need to be fully conscious to do that. But even in order driving. to make <laughs> even driving, right? Yeah. <laughs> but in order to make change, and this is why it's so hard one of the reasons is because you have to be conscious to do it and to to do that it has to be in front of you all the time so if if it's something that you do want to change i would say you know sticky notes and just becoming aware and listening to the same things so you're talking about joe dispenza like if you want to be in that world and listen more about it it's you know listening to those podcasts and reading those books and the more that you're in that frequency, in those thoughts, it the more your subconscious changes. And that's really what we want to get into. It's like a computer. You want to get into that operating system, as Joe Dispenza talks about as well. Get into the operating system because once you change that to healthier habits and healthier things, then you can put the healthy stuff on autopilot. And that's when it becomes so much easier. Mm -hmm. That's really where you're trying to get into. Yes. Yes. Fantastic. So tell everyone where they can find you. Absolutely. Uh, you can get me at CynthiaBrace.com. C-Y-N-T-H-I-A-B-R-A-C-E.com. Um, I also have a, a fun quiz that you can do. It's a health personality quiz, and it's a way to discover your unique strengths in creating a healthy, happy, vibrant life. And that's at CynthiaBrace.com uh, forward slash quiz. So cool. Are you on any of the socials? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm on <laughs> Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, I do love to uh, 
get out there and, and give some tips and everything. You can also sign up to be a part of my community um, on my website as well, where I send out emails and health tips. Um, and uh, yeah, those are a bunch of ways that uh, we can be social friends. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else before we wrap up? Again, give yourself grace. Be loving and kind to yourself. If you're talking to the inner voice, talk to it with love. That's where it comes from, higher frequency. It's about it's about love and kindness and and love and kindness to yourself. Hi, I have myself on mute. <laughs> I was just saying thank you, Cynthia. <laughs> and thank you all of you out there for being with us today. Uh, definitely check out Cynthia's website, CynthiaBrace.com forward slash quiz. All the resources that she mentioned, I will also put on the show notes page on my website, DrLaramay.com forward slash podcast. And if there's any comments, questions, that you would like to contribute, you can also leave comments on uh, the show notes page. Or, um, you know, there's um, outlets like iTunes and Podbean that you can also leave comments um, and questions. So don't be afraid to do that there. These episodes are also um, reposted on YouTube. So that's another avenue for um, interacting with us. And again, we're so grateful for you. And I'm grateful for Cynthia for taking the time today to um, hang out and talk with us. And we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you. Thanks, Dr. Lara. <laughs>